so you kind of you feel like you're a part of something it's hard to feel it, it's very hard to feel negative feelings about your body if you feel like you're just a, a part of the world really hello i'm june hark founder and creative director of slow fashion brand mignonette london Welcome to our talks where we will be exploring conscious style and the art of transformation. So I'd love to welcome my guest today who is a performance artist and costume designer who's who's performed all around the world from Paris to Bali for a number of shows from things like Roberta Cavalli to Maserati uh, to the Royal Academy of Arts, Kensington Palace, but then also musicians such as Paul Weller and Fleetwood Mac. And for some of her performances, whether she's emerging as a swan from a Fabergé egg or dancing on points in a cloud of butterflies, she always manages to seamlessly blend the ethereal with the provocative. So who better to talk to us about the art of transformation than Vicky Butterfly? Hi, Vicky. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming. I'm so excited to have you. So how would you describe what you do? I just gave you a brief intro, but is that, would you say that that's accurate or, or is there some, something else that you, yeah, how you, how you describe it? I'd say, I'd say that's quite accurate. I mean, one of the reasons I work a lot in burlesque and variety and magic as well, illusion. And I suppose one of the reasons I got into that was transformation. And that was, that was my favorite, but that, that was for me the key moment of any performance when one thing becomes another. And I think I'm, I'm very enchanted by doing it. So maybe that's what I think when you're interested in doing something, then you can bring other people along with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have here that you are the daughter of an Irish showgirl and an eccentric Viennese aristocrat. So with that upbringing, did you always know that this is something, you know, one of the areas you'd probably go into? Is it something that you, you know, when you were little, you, you found yourself performing and transforming? Well, I'd like to say, it's, I mean, that, that's a that slight romanticisation of the truth. It's close, it's close to the truth, but not quite the, not, not quite the truth. <laughs> I, did that, I did grow up in that world and... I suppose actually because of my upbringing, being a performer wasn't really something I was meant to, something I was meant to do, but it's always been something I've been drawn towards. I've always been drawn towards kind of creating, yes. like, um, almost like costume is fine art and interested in inhabiting it myself as well. So yeah. I suppose it's bringing both passions into one. Yes, well, I mean, you you went to Central St. Martins in London, which I mean, is, is boasted, you know, Alexander McQueen and Stella McCartney and all of this amazing creative talent has come from there. So what did you actually study there? Uh, Theatre design for performance, which was a course at the time that involved, it was the, it was the bridge between kind of a theatrical design as was then and as no longer exists because the world's changed so much and performance art. So it was kind of bridging both those things. And I was at a time when the old ways were going out and the new ways were coming in. So the so the year above me had people who did doing work like shunts and punch drunk. Right. And so that I think that was really the what I would say was the key moment where things changed to become I suppose in a more of an immersive experience, which is generally where we are today, yes. which is what all the other theatres are trying to replicate. Yeah. And so when you when you went to to St. Martin's, I mean, London itself can be it, it's amazing for the creativity and, and there's so much going on. So many different people doing different things. But somewhere like St. Martin's, did you find that 
there was so much talent that it's inspiring, but also a little bit, um, it can be a little bit daunting or a little bit that there's a lot of pressure that comes with that name and comes with, yeah, coming from a, from a university like that. It's interesting to think about now because I think a lot of, I think some of the ways of thinking that some of our tutors had was almost at that point outmoded. I suppose that everyone was still quite, the, the, the old ways of doing things were still going on. I mean, we're talking about the almost the last, talking about almost the last year before everything started, before digital work became acceptable. I mean, at, at the time it was a, a college that was still skeptical of, of still quite skeptical of Photoshop. So digital manipulation, computer-aided design, like using online, using online, like the, uh, the internet. The internet was not something, the internet was something you got free in the library. Most people didn't have home computers. So it was, it was kind of really the bridge. I, I do feel like I kind of came in at the, at the end of something. Yeah. And I think sort of the, well, that was actually the, the, our, 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 our degree had a lot more practical work that we had to do than the, say, if you did art, and I had friends who were on the art college, you had to, you had to come with ideas and, and people were either very supportive or you had to really fight for them. But you went in maybe once a term, had your work reviewed and the rest of the time you could do what you want. We had to go in every day. <laughs> and, and I had to, and I was working also full, like full time in either nightlife or vintage shops or like like restoration of antique textiles so I really had almost no time I was almost like the not saying the drudgery but just the the constant having to build tiny set models which is something that people don't even do anymore it's so just the the constant like I so, so that's actually something that I remember more the pressure to produce arts in a way that we already knew at that point we were I, I, we knew, I think we knew that our work would not be judged by in, in the way that it, they were still judging us. I think we, we knew that in a way our degrees would be meaningless. Oh, and it no. would be what we achieve. It, it's what we could achieve in that time. So I think that takes the pressure off a bit. Oh, well, that's really. So you mean looking back, it takes, it takes the pressure off of, of having to have done all that? Because even, because even if you succeeded very well in being judged by those standards, those they wouldn't necessarily. I know, I know, I know designers who did very well, like you know, got very good marks at Central St Martins. But that was that was the old way. They were they're not. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're really working. And you have people doing stuff for the new way. Like I think in my year, you have people like Gareth Pugh, and that's. I mean, and that that was already a completely new path. Yes. That people were to do. do you think that the university has changed now, and the way I, it's judged and the way it's set up? I'd say for I'd 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 say definitely I'd say definitely I think we were in a transitional phase from it being I mean when I viewed the college it was very much on the old Charing Cross campus it was very much at Southampton Row uh Southampton Row and then you had so that's what I went to see it was like it was an old art school it had classrooms it had it you know had a certain way of doing things. You were very much at art school. It had that nineties feeling to it, and then and it probably hadn't changed between the seventies and the nineties. And then they were building the main campus for the whole time I was there. So we were in an old printing works or in an old primary school. And so you you were you were moving around, but now everybody's obviously on this purpose built integrated campus, which I think feels more like a modern university. Yeah, but I actually haven't been through the doors of 
any part of that institution since I left, apart from Southampton Road, that's a filming location now. So that was that's there's some very weird experiences going, oh, this used to be the um yeah, this used to be the canteen and this isn't the canteen anymore. Oh, on a how did how did it make you feel going back? And you, you've done so much in your career since you left. So how does it how did it feel going back to, to that? Hmm. I think it felt almost a little bit, almost like a a time like a time machine going back to those old studios, which probably no one's been in since. Well, they've definitely been empty for about, apart from for stuff like that, that ten ten years or something. I think if I went to the new the the new campus, which, which I've gone past, uh, finding there are cocktail bars, and it's, I, I think I'd feel like I'd landed on a different planet. <laughs> <laughs> Art school dirty in a bit. I don't know. You're meant to want to kind of escape it to nightlife. I think. I think. I think it'd be a very attractive place that you probably quite like to be. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know what that would say for our work. Oh. Um. So I just want to talk to you about your your process of of how you create. So I mean, for me, when I'm creating clothes for for Mignonette, I very much have a, a character in my head, almost of of what this woman would be like, or who she is, or you know, a little story around it. Um, but but essentially they're clothes that they, they are to be worn in real life. But for you, when you're creating costume and, and of course a show, it literally is a totally different character. And yeah, it is a real little story. So I would love to know a little bit more about your process and how does it start? Does it start with maybe the costume or actually the story or how do you do that? Um. It'll start with at least, say, um, like a framework of maybe five. I'd say I, I won't feel that I've got an app that, that would be coherent until I've got like, maybe sort of like five separate visual or conceptual ideas. Sometimes everything is triggered by, so I work a lot with technology as well. I'm very interested in pattern cutting. I'm, I do actually make things for other people sometimes. That's almost like origami. It's so it's, a, it's a transformation of how that, it's an experiment to see how the fabric would behave if I did a certain thing and it's all kind of like using ge- geometry to make something stuff for you, you know you know the process so sometimes it'll be it'll be experiments that work some experiments that haven't I'll have these f- maybe five ideas before I think it's uh and, and f- five und- five ideas that I think someone that I, I, that, I, that, I, that, I, that I'll be able to communicate so five things that will be an obvious reference to people and sometimes I said that's influenced by technology because I work a lot with um there's some element of like MIDI control for some of the um LEDs, fiber optics. I like I've, you know, I've always liked things like, you know, if, if it's shiny and it moves in a way. Like it's always it's it's about the movement. What what what's the kind of key movement? What's the you know, what what's the transformation? What 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 is what is this thing like? So I'll have to have all of those before I can start putting them together, I think. Yeah. And you've got such a blend of influences and inspirations that go into your work. So whether it's, you know, 20s Berlin Cabaret or it's the Surrealists or it's bits of comedy as well as ballet and opera. Um, are there elements that you think, yeah, that will always be in my work and, and someone can expect when they go to see a show with you that it, they know that they're going to get some a particular thing? Or do you think it, it's a real mix of... Yeah, depending on the show. I think it's a, I think it's a, there's definitely a coherent style. I don't often, although sometimes it's more in the, maybe the Magic Illusion acts that I let myself, that, that I'm a, like, a, that I'm a comic 
foil because I'm working with someone else. But I suppose when I'm working solo, that's less my brand. And I suppose magical is probably the word that we use to describe it. So like, like magical, like magical, mythical, like sometimes ethereal. As you get older, you become le- le- less ethereal. So magical, something I'm probably more comfortable. What do you with. mean you become less ethereal as you become older? Well, you become, I suppose because like you know, heading. Heading this way in my life, you, you definitely become more substantial as a, as as a person than you are when you were eighteen. And yes. I've been doing this about, but yeah, it's about eighteen, more than eighteen years now. Yeah. So, so so I've definitely become more kind of substantial, which I think is which I think is a good thing. You you know who you are, you know you know who more you are as you get older. So it's it's so, so there is definitely a root of like so there's definitely more like a root. There, there's definitely a root in reality. I'd say that there's always, um, although maybe there's almost like a, almost like a historical artistic style, something else that's always in my work is modernity. I'm not setting out to recreate the past. I do like, I, I do have a certain aesthetic, but I, I'm very fascinated by looking at the idea of, of actually how at each era in time, people have experienced the modern like how how exciting it is to find new things so it's not it's not kind of going back to some kind of mythical perfect past yes um unless maybe I'm refer- referencing the pre-raphaelites who that's what they were doing but generally every like most most um like most eras that I'm interested with and take visual influence from were fascinated by the modern so maybe that's something that's always there too yeah, absolutely. And do you find, so obviously you've been doing this for so long and once you've been doing it pretty much two decades, of course you evolve as a person anyway. And as you said, become more substantial, which I think is a really interesting way of putting it. But um, do you think just from doing this work as well, that it's affected or changed your personality? Whether that's confidence or, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, just the idea of, getting up on stage, performing in front of hundreds and sometimes more people. How has that changed you, do you think, as a person? I think it's probably not so much the going on stage, the needing confidence. I think performing, I'm almost in another space, and that's like that's something I've always found quite natural. It's the other things that come with it that I think probably changed my personality i'm very i'm not, I'm not exactly indecisive but I, I think it's often i've been very lucky in my career like those kind of like things happen one after the other which is why i've had a lot of time to think about this in the past year where i've had some projects that i've worked on before that are coming out now so it almost feels like there's a, a bit less of a gap but it was quite it's quite a disturbing hiatus when i've had a few commissions for like um the, the Scottish tourist board, like so, so stuff that I've been able to do online in the meantime, and a couple of things when things opened up, but nothing like no real substantial career pro- career progression. But it's it's made me think a lot about sort of like how I work. And often, it's I need I need deadlines because otherwise I'm very unlikely <laughs> to actually to 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 make something new. I need a deadline, otherwise I'm very unlikely to to actually kind of go right. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I tend to sort of, if something's going well, I don't tend to make, I don't tend to make decisions very easy. Like, like even decisions about like buying flat, like, oh, but where am I going to live? Like these decisions, like it's, it's, 
they end up just kind of happening. So I reckon just the kind of decisions you have to make off stage. I've, I've definitely got better at them as a result of doing what I do. Like things, yeah. you have to get very good for advocating what you need. Like in your, like sort of when, when it comes to putting on the show, because you have to do a lot of asking. Like, yeah. I mean, not, I mean, not, not asking for favours, but kind of every time you walk in, like every time you, you know, sometimes if you're doing a, not a proper tour, like with your own text as part of like a big illusion show, you're walking into a different country and you have two people looking at you who might not even speak the same language as, and you need certain lighting cues to, because you're working with light and it's all about the light. If you don't get these cues, you don't, you know, Yes. You, you get nothing and so maybe you've got, so you've got two lighting guys and so, uh, someone on sound and then and you and you've got to kind of communicate this and you've got to be very you've got to be quite you, you as I think often as like especially when you're writing emails like as a as, as a woman like all the I found my plus off I see lots of like more more expression marks because you're because you don't want to come across because it, it's difficult it's sometimes for people when you come across as being like not so demanding yeah. but you're when you when you like this is what we need this this and this and this because uh, but, you, but you just have to get really good at it and it, yes. it's something that I think we're not really trained for in the workplace which we're, we're trained to yeah. do a lot more kind of accommodation rather than got right we've got 10 minutes to get this done this is what's going to happen because if you don't do it it's not going to be done well, it's so funny. I think that's something that's changed my personality. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose it's funny um, you say this thing about um, when you need to be quite uh, directive with what you need, that we, and I think women do it as uh, particularly, you soften what, the, you, you soften the email or you soften the way you deliver that because you don't want to be seen as too aggressive. And I, I find it... Sorry, yeah, and I, I find it, um, if it, if it came from a guy, you wouldn't even uh, think about it. Um, and, and also, I think in different countries, different cultures are used to, more used to people being, or women, being more mm. assertive and expressing themselves in a certain way and, and leading things and things being, mm. yeah, directive, that this is what needs to happen. Um, mm. But I, I find it really interesting that even today we still you know, soften things. I, I mean, I do this as well. I find myself, yeah, putting in the extra question, um, exclamation mark or mm. making it more, um, yeah, just softer. And I, mm. I find that very interesting that we still, yeah, we still need to do that for people to not feel alienated or not feel that they're being bossed around. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so one thing I'd love to know though, so, uh, what you do is actually, it's a fantasy, I'm sure, for many people. So getting up on stage and, and you know, being in this this dream. But it's also, I can imagine, for lots of people, absolutely terrifying. Because all mm. eyes are on you. And there is lights on you. You're, you're Maybe you're being filmed as well. Mm. And you're, you know, it's it's you, your face, your body. It's so physical. So, yeah, how, how does it actually feel for you when you're up on that stage? Well... I mean, you have to, you have to love it, I think, because otherwise people can tell. And but like in the beginning, did you, did you feel nervous? Do you still feel nervous? I think sometimes you, sometimes you always feel nervous. Um, I mean, it just really depends. Yeah. I think it really depends from, from, 
from thing to thing. Um, but I think it's I, something I've always felt. It's almost been like um, I don't know, like a basically a private joke. Um, there's like a there's like an intimacy that's almost like an in joke between me and something that's out there and that I'm interacting with. It's not a specific person. It's 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 just some like something that is the audience that I'm interacting with. Do you mean that that's something in your head that you create that first and then you you have that while you're performing? It's. I think it's. I think it's um, not so much created, but it's just the. I'm. I feel I'm sharing something through, and I'm. But it's just something that I'm sharing with something there that's quite in, intangible, and and the and the the audience are kind of if they want to because audiences don't always want to be part of it. That that they are part of it if they want a good audience is joining in with the thing. Yeah. Um, or yeah. or, or, they, or they, they've let themselves become part of this thing that they don't realise that they're becoming part of. If they're not, I'm still interacting with the with the with the, the thing out there in exactly the same way. So right. it's maybe that maybe that's my helpful. Maybe, maybe that's my helpful way. I don't I don't necessarily rely on how good an audience is at being an audience, yeah. or how confident or how good I'm going to be. And is there anything that you do to prep before to kind of psych yourself up the night before or even just before you're about to go on stage or the lights are going down or, or anything like that? I like, I mean, I, I, I'm one of those people that you have, you know, you have the running order, you have, I usually work in more than one half of now, now working with my partner, we'll probably be doing maybe like three or four things in a show, so there's much less time for this, but you have to be ready for your rights. And I've always traditionally been been completely ready for the beginning of the show. And even if as, as a headliner, because I'm not, not on at the beginning, and I'm usually the very last act, but I'm usually completely ready for the end of the show by the end of the interval. And I stand in the wings if possible and watch the show. And so that's always been my thing. It's like a, I, I, I go, I go into that space. It's a very, it's very magical space. It's going to be quite an emotional space sometimes. Yeah. I've, been, I've been I've been very happy in that space. I've been very sad sad in that space. Oh, okay. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Um, yeah. What do you mean by that? Happy or sad? Because that can be quite I a long mean, time that you're waiting there in the wings. It is. I mean, it's. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying things, but I. But you know, you, you kind of you think about things. You think about life. You. It's. It's. It's a very. It's a very honest. I think it's a very honest space. Um, and I felt very sad in the wings before. Mm. Um, and does that does that change the performance sorry go on no go on you go no 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 I know no you go <laughs> um it, it doesn't really change the performance in itself but actually okay. the last time I felt that real sadness there was a, a loneliness and it was because the person that went on before me it was they were having sort of like guest guest performers and it was like we were on tour somewhere and she was a grandmother and she'd um she told me two minutes before that she really wanted like she'd like she she was like I wish I had your life and but she was talking about her um but she was talking about her grandkids and just like it was just every like just just the scripture of of this life even though she preferred you know she she, she liked the fantasy maybe of mine it was just such a one I was watching her and always this loneliness going oh she shouldn't like it's just like she, she has such a wonderful like just such a wonderful thing she has such a wonderful energy on stage and so I almost felt that loneliness. 
Yeah. So you, you have moments like that. And that was when I met my partner. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. He's standing behind me. <laughs> that's very interesting. How life, yeah. You were in that space and then life presented you something else. But um, yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I um, really wanted to know is, because of what you do, it's so physical. For other people, perhaps they're not going on stage and uh, doing performances, but are there coping tips, tips that you can give them for, uh, yeah, essentially having more confidence in their own skin, in their body, Mm. things that you've learned along the way that perhaps you're not even really, you know, there was never, it just evolved over time? Hmm. I think I, I grew up home. I think one one thing, and I think it's probably something that helps. It's I grew up quite a solitary child. I grew up in Switzerland quite a lot, like walking in the mountains, and they are very empty, lonely places. And I still spend a lot of time walking in nature by myself. And it, I think it definitely does. Even just even walking in the city, it definitely increases your confidence because you're not. It helps you not feel like it's your body versus the world. It make it you feel like you know you're 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 you're. I mean, you hear all the sounds like everything is of all the different sounds near and far away, of almost of equal importance. So you kind of you feel like you're a part of something. It's hard to feel. It, it's very hard to feel negative feelings about your body if you feel like you're just a, a part of the world. Really, that's an amazing and way. You, of, you take up enough space yeah. in the world as well. You're not trying to take up any less space. Yes. Do you think that that's um, evolved as well as you've got older and you've you've performed more mm. and you've been more exposed, quite literally. Mm. I think maybe it's maybe it's again it's another part of the job. People see the part of where you're on stage mm. and like the like you know the, the bits after the show when you when you meet the audience maybe or like so all of those shows. But those little bits are a very small part of what you do in the job a lot of it is traveling a lot of it is being in different spaces by yourself and just I think people don't last very long in the job if they aren't willing to just or just stand in a place and just kind of open themselves to whatever that space might throw at it so lots of long walks I mean you might have six hours to kill before a flight in a completely unfamiliar town where where everything is in, in situation, I was thinking it was one of my last ones for the coronavirus. I was just thinking, was it closed because of the coronavirus? I think it was. Um, um, in a in a Swiss mountain town, but everything was closed. Like there were no shops, so there was nothing. There was nothing to do. And before my show one day, so I had two nights, and there was just nothing to do in between, apart from just walk around. But, but did the show happen? The show did happened. Yeah, so the the the, the la- you know the last days before Rome, as it were, but yeah. it, so you have just we go killing. It looks like a killing time, but yeah. Um. So and so, what I'd love to know about now is at home. I mean, you look fabulous today, but what do you? Thank you. But what do you? Um. Are there elements that you sometimes take from your characters that you uh inject into your real life? 
I would say that my on-stage character is pretty much how I am, yes. uh, which which I which I've realised. I'm sure I know. You know, lots of. I mean, you've you, you know, we've got so many many of the same friends in common, like like Dick and or William, and we're all the we are all the same on stage as off. I think it, I I find it surprising when I realise that people are expecting me to be different in some way. <laughs> I mean, I think it's when I'm. When I'm in the countryside, obviously, obviously, I don't wander around the countryside in a kimono yes. because my print that's for inside. But yes, I think it's. I think it. I think for me, something very important is that authenticity. I think if I've been pretending to be something I wasn't, then I'd probably be doing a different job by now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that kind of thing takes a toll, and I do see people who do. People, people who are performing and and do it for di- for different reasons. They maybe want they they thrive on the approval, the attention, or something. And you know, maybe it lasts maybe five, ten years, and mm-hmm. then they go and do something else. It's just too hard. Yes, to be these two different people, or just to pretend yeah. to be someone someone you're not. It just takes a, a mental toll. Yes, it's a lot of energy. Yeah. So what does when when you think of style, what does style mean to you? However you want um, to define that. Self-expression. Mm. Um yeah, ju- just just self-expression, I think. It's a t- it definitely has a timeless quality to it. A certain element of fant like a certain element of fantasy. I mean, there's nothing like like if you've got a very you know like if you if when you wear a very nice I mean I've got the same same wardrobes I had from when I was a teenager so some bits when they when they break you replace it when, when you whenever you get a really nice new Mac and you're walking through the streets you've got a beret on you always feel a bit like uh, Bonnie Parker like you play Dunaway as Bonnie Parker you've got, you know it's, it's always a little like just those little things that you can use to make an otherwise boring day feel really good yes props the props that we have in everyday life and who are some of your personal style icons people that you know you've always thought I'll have a bit of that if that makes sense the Marquesa Casati for sure she's a she's a I suppose like the kind of not only the goth go-to but she wore whatever she wore whatever she wanted and something very very eccentric I like wearing things just because they're unusual they're conceptual and she pretty much invented conceptual dressing um uh, definitely all definitely a lot of old films I like yeah texture element of fantasy maybe is there anyone modern day Well, I wouldn't. Dra- I wouldn't dress like her because I, because I couldn't carry it off. But I, but I enjoy everything Tilda Swinton wears. Yes, def- definitely style icon. Just like on. Actually, think about this part. Uh, there's lots of. I mean, there's lots of really stylish people out there at the moment. Yeah. What does conscious style mean to you? So the idea that you know t- to be a little bit more considered with how we, you know, where we find our clothes and the clothes that we wear and their impact. I mean, you just mentioned that you, you know, you've had some of your clothes forever, which, which for me is part of it. You know that you you find something you love it, you keep it, you treasure it, you look after it, um, you repurpose things. Mm. What does it mean to you that concept? I mean, as as I'm growing old, I, I don't I don't buy many new 
clothes. I, I make a lot of my own clothes. Yeah. I think it's it's not adding. You know, it's, it is about not adding to the to the landfill. I think we're in a a little bit of a transitional phase at the moment with conscious conscious buying because generations before us bought all the antique and vintage clothes and wore them out again like yeah. most stuff's come back in and gone out twice mm. since it was originally made and it hasn't lasted so we are having to make the decisions to buy to buy new again and just making sure that everyone that make that that's made them's got a paid a fair wage that you know they're not going to not biodegrade yes. uh, or, or that something that other people will wear something that your maybe your kids will want to wear in a few years the couple that if it does you know find its way to a vintage shop or something that'll be something that other people will want to buy that yeah. will kind of carry on going around yes that's great um so obviously we can't not talk about the past year we talked about it a little bit but I think for anyone in the performing arts it's it's been super challenging but you mentioned that actually some of your projects uh, there were different projects that you worked on over this time. So do you think over the past year or more than a year now that there are things that you you love working on that perhaps you've kind of dialed those up a little bit as the performing wasn't wasn't there this year for the past year? Uh, well, making more 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 close for for people. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing grand. I was going I was actually going to go for that properly then just. A couple of months into the first lockdown, I had an accident and oh, no. damaged my hand. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's it performance, but I've been not completing potential performances for months now. And actually, for someone that likes getting things done and definitely rushes to get things done, I think it's probably actually not getting things done. It's probably been one of the healthier aspects to actually have to, to add to the drawer of not well draw the room full of not quite finished or trying and failing I think that I think that's just as important I think being expected to kind of turn out I mean I've been I've been doing some of the same acts for a very long time mm. and I haven't been developing them so so just because you... I didn't just I didn't need to Yes. So, did you find that this this time that you uh, you actually enjoyed the downtime in a way that it was a little bit of time to to not have that pressure? I mean, it's 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 been stressful. It's been there's been a lot of pressure because we don't know when. Yes, that's the. I mean, we yeah. still don't really know. Mm. It, it's nice that this week actually it's been a lot of upturn in bookings, but I I don't like to count my chickens before they hatch. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you think so? So, what are your your plans for the future? I know it's difficult to know when you know we don't know how long this will go on for, so we don't know about performances and venues and things like that. But is there something that you think? Yeah, I I love this, and I would love to cultivate that more. Well, there's a couple of things. Well, there's uh, an illusion tour that we've actually got the final tech rehearsals for this weekend because of the next couple of years we will be. We will be doing that. It's, yeah. It seems to be a big one. It seems to be a goer. So that's good. Um, some pro projects that I did for lockdown, like film film projects, have actually are actually coming out now. So it's almost, so in a way, it's been like I've continued working, even though obviously we wrapped on them. Yeah, they've been. They, it was just at a time that they've been they've been kind of lost in post production hell yeah. for a year. So it so I'd like to do more of that and fingers crossed I have a there's a couple more projects lined up so oh, great. more cinema work which would be nice and 
just but and but also something to really think about was me, me and my partner we've realized he's a performer magician that there are so many things that we haven't done because we've been working and it's when you when you think back on it you're like why wasn't I at this birthday party and not a particularly big birthday party that friends have but you know that the one that everyone was there and the people talk about and like what, what what show could possibly that be that important and at the time it felt like it felt important but we can't remember where we were and going well let's just not let's just keep an eye on that let's not forget again let's make sure to give just as much time to to life as yeah. to our life isn't only on stage and sometimes when you're busy it's easy to forget that yeah absolutely well that's a nice takeout from from whatever has happened this year the past year so if people want to find out more about you and your work and what you're up to next where can they go well, I'm a terrible, I'm terrible keeping my website up to date, but there, but it does, it, it does exist. It's www.vickybutterfly.net. Great. And my, okay. the, my the magic one is www.theglamorousmagic.com, but I am much more active on Instagram. I try and keep it like a little diary. Vicky, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I've loved learning more about your creative process, your design work, and then also how you view style both on stage and off. It's been great. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to know more about Conscious Style, please check out the website, mininetlondon.com. And of course, if you liked this video, then it would be great if you could like it, share it and subscribe. I'd love your support. Thank you so much and look forward to seeing you next time.